dead of night when the moon is high. The shadows dance, evil rise. The world between the living and the dead is dense. So now is the time to let the horror you know in. Hello, this is Darren. This is Trent. And this is Ian. And we are the Horror You Know podcast. And basically, we're three knuckleheads that got together and decided to make a, a podcast about true stories behind different movies that we've seen. Some of them are famous. Some of them are kind of out there. Some of them are like really, really uh, poor quality. They're all over the place. I mean, you guys have seen some of the list we've got in mind. So what do you think about some of those? <laughs> oh, there's a smorgasbord of categories. It is a list. That is for sure. There is a list. There are, there are names. There are topics. There are subjects. <laughs> As a so, fact. so we're in Means' basement right now. Who who has about what five hundred movies or more? More than that, I'm sure. I have about two thousand. Two thousand movies. I you think were close. Your yeah. list had about half of those. I think. Oh, yeah, I think he was actually just he pulled out the clipboard and he was running through uh, the, yeah, the list yeah, of yeah, his movies. Ian and I are here as fellow movie buffs. We're we're captive. We we're can't also, leave. We're also here to learn and be educated because I think Means is more into the history and the truth behind. Yeah, some of these yeah. Movies. We are we are two men. That's you and I are two men, and we are willing to learn, and we are we are. Um, I mean, I'm kind of diverse in the horror. I know it's not your first cup of tea, but you take a few sips out of the goblet, don't you? <laughs> That's one way of putting it, I guess. <laughs> I'm late to the horror genre. I'll admit it. I, I wasn't a big horror fan growing up, but I've gotten into it more in the last probably decade of my life, and Me I've personally, really enjoyed I could, it. Yeah, I could, I could take, I could take this tea straight, but you like to put two <laughs> sugars in it. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to be talking about a lot of classic movies uh, that. You know, I know I personally speaking didn't know that maybe we're based on some real life events, and so that's why I'm here to learn a little something. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what is the first topic you have for us, Mr. Darren Means? Well, the first topic is going to be on the classic movie by Steven Spielberg. It's Jaws, 1975, I think it came out. Gotcha. Not to be confused with Jowls. Jowls. Or the knockoff. Or or Cruel Jaws. Have you heard about this controversy? No. Okay. So Jaws came out and it kind of bolstered, you know, blockbuster films. And the Italians pretty much tried to rip off Hollywood any chance they got in the 70s. And so when Jaws came out, you had like Orca, Piranha, all those like kind of knockoff movies. And so this Italian director decided to do this movie and he called it Cruel Jaws. Oh my God. Literally the same title, pretty much. Put cruel in front of it. It's a completely different movie. It's called Cruel Jaws. He's so cruel. So the the bad part about it, not only they ripped off the name, part of the name, but they actually took footage from the film. No way. And there's a controversy right now because nobody has wanted to release that on DVD in America because Universal is going to sue the shit out of them. Oh, yeah. Well, exactly. But they released it overseas, so they have Euro, Euro copies of it. I'm just picturing, like, the same movie. has got, like, Roy Schneider and Richard Driver. It's just, like, a mustache has been superimposed on the shark. <laughs> they're more dark. They're, like, a little bit darker, a little spray tan. Aha, I am cool, Jaws. Oh. <laughs> he comes up the out of the water with, like, a fork and I don't and know knife. what that accent was. It was Italian. Was that? Shark Italian? speaks Italian in the, <laughs> the yeah. fin coming out. So anyway, like it, it's it, a me. They're it's trying to me. put it a shark eel. Apparently, they've tried to put it once already on like a double bill here in America. Rocky One of the boy. companies immediately Universal was going to sue the shit out of them, so they backed off. Well, then this yeah. year they just released from Severin Films released Cruel Jaws. They was like, I don't give a shit. We're calling it its original name. We're releasing it as a movie by itself, not on a double bill. And they don't care. Anyway, so we're talking about Jaws. Uh, One thing I want to say about Jaws, um, Steven Spielberg was a young director at the time. You guys know, obviously... You, you're familiar with his work, right? Oh, yeah. Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sounds familiar. Was Jaws his first, like, big movie kind of? It actually was. Uh, he made some, he made a made-for-TV movie called Duel, which was kind yeah. of, uh, I don't know if you remember it, that, but it was a guy that was in a car, and he was going to across the desert to a job interview, and a truck driver follows him and tries to kill him. 
So it's basically like Jaws on Wheels. Yeah. Now, don't they incorporate some of that movie in the film, though, don't they? Yes. Yes. So I've never seen it. It's a I've really interesting it, film, it. but like... Uh, Wasn't there kind of like a remake of it from the early 2000s? Abdul? He's thinking of Maximum Overdrive. No, nah, wasn't there a movie called like Joyride, Joyride. or something that was basically Joyride, Duel, yeah. but kind of yeah. redone? Okay. Yeah. I've seen that. Same premise, I, I would assume. And The Hitcher is kind of similar. In yeah. The Hitcher, yeah. So there's... Yeah. yeah. So so basically, he got a little bit of fame, a little touch of fame. Got him this film. Um, he almost like quit midway through this film. It was way over budget. I don't know if you know anything of backstory about Spielberg. I know a little this. bit, yeah. I well, that's why that. we're here, means. So you're like, that's why you're here. It's way here. over budget. <laughs> he couldn't get anything to work, you know, and he's crying. Like they said, he physically was crying. He was yeah. like getting sick in his stomach, caused an ulcer. Uh, so they go way over like days too. Days like over, days yeah. over the time shoots and everything. So it's like almost half a year. And they were almost like going to pull him out, re redirect, you know. So. Um, but it worked out for him, obviously, you know. So we're oh, going to yeah. talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about how it was the first blockbuster. So that kind of brought about everything yeah. you guys love, everything I love. Oh, yeah. you, know, you wouldn't have the MCU universe without Jaws for the simple fact. Are you okay? Are you, you're not going <laughs> to lunge in tomorrow. But it's true. What? What? <laughs> so, so, I mean, it, it just kind of created a new type of filmmaker to where you can make films just for enjoyment and for money. So it was like, you know, no longer, you know, the seventies was all about, I don't know, real gritty films and French connections, stuff like that. And this film was more of a, you know, everybody comes out and droves to see it. And it just created the blockbuster feel. So, okay. Gotcha. That's, that's kind of the reason we're, I, I picked this. It's a personal favorite of mine because it's the first horror movie I ever saw. Okay. And I consider it a horror movie, and I argue with people about Yo, that. Oh, people argue about that? People argue that point. I mean, what else would you call it? Thriller? I, I don't know. They've, they've I, feel like most, I feel like most horror movies could also be considered a thriller because yeah, they are thrilling. I, here's usually. the thing. Most horror can be considered thriller, but I don't think most thriller could be considered horror, and that's that's the, that's no, the weird think, part. But I agree with you. Like, you know, obviously it had the R rating, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, there's there's blood. There's spoiler alert from a movie from the seventies. But there's there's blood. There's guts. There's limbs. There's there's little Boobies. cursing. There's some boobs. There's a little, little bit of bush as well. Boobs, beefs. <laughs> so he know. threw in bush and we just went right past yeah. a little bit of bush as well. A little bit of bush. And trust me, as soon as the bush gets involved, you know it's a horror movie. <laughs> I don't remember From the, the bush, and I just watched it before we oh, recorded. Really? This. It's, it's the opening scene. The girl in the water. Was she totally naked? Yes, totally nude okay. in that scene. They were like zooming in up on her. I saw the, bush. I saw the bosom. I didn't. I guess maybe my screen Overlook wasn't bright enough. Got to adjust the I didn't contrast. Have, I didn't have the brightness boy. up all the way. I'm gonna. I'll go back and do my homework. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, guys. You need to bush up on your. <laughs> I don't think that's a terminology. Well, no, all. I remember getting taking her clothes brush off, up. but. I guess I don't look at women that way, Ian. It's not the first thing <laughs> I, I noticed. It was the first thing I noticed. I was like, she needed, she needed to trim that bad boy. In the water. It's a perfect place to do it. Is that why Jaws coughed up that hairball in that one? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, anyway. Means is already regretting this podcast. Anyway. Oh, no regrets. Is he pulling the plug out? No regrets here. You wanted banter. Here we are. You want banter. You got banter. So, so we're going to kind of tell the true story behind Jaws, and then we'll get more into Jaws. Uh, So, I have some stuff to say about the actual story and structure and the characters um but we need to get a behind the scenes so we're going to start talking about you know the actual there's there's three stories that go into jaws peter benchley wrote a book in 1974 uh called jaws and it created a sensation number one bestseller type book um and they immediately bought the rides at universal and made the movie quickly you know got it out quick yeah, uh, it was very immediate, right? Like yeah, almost was, as soon as like the book a year. Was, they were like, I mean, it was really quick. Movie. So, uh, you know, but eventually, like, based it on three different stories. The first story is this one guy. Uh, I'm just going to scroll down to this in my notes. But basically, it was this one guy. Uh, I can see it from here. It was like a graphic novel. Scroll down to my notes. I researched a little too much on this, being it, it was my favorite movie. But, uh, can't put a highlighter on those notes. This this is a this is a guy that was a shark hunter, 
and he's a real life shark hunter and he based the character Quint on him. Okay. And his name was uh, Frank Mundus. And of course it was. Really weird. <laughs> he, of course it was. He's like Munson, you know? Yeah. <laughs> don't don't Munson me. <laughs> this man started off, he basically was a fisherman and he got married and he bought this boat and he called it the Cricket after Jiminy Cricket. He was a kind of a weird dude, right? Uh, but then he realized when he'd take these people out fishing, the bigger fish that they caught or the harder it was to pull them in, mm. the more excited these people got. And they're just like, gah, 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 you know, and they just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so he would, he would get these in to get the Zach rich responds, people. Right? <laughs> so get it good. Ow. He pulled it in the fish. <laughs> so to get like these, uh, these big time fishermen, you know, the, the, the rich fishermen, like not just people fishing for their living, but right. to get people that were just game fishermen, he he started catching mako sharks. Oh. And he would spear them. And then he, he apparently he caught like 12 great white in his lifetime. Uh, Who hasn't, he, right? Yeah, right. right, Trent? Now, when you say caught, you do mean killed and caught. Caught and killed. Okay. I just thought you meant like caught. he caught them. In not like with a, his bare hands. Bare. Caught them and threw them back. <laughs> like in a it's baseball like glove. Man or something. <laughs> not today, gotcha. friend. Throwing Cat, you back. Catch and release. It's, <laughs> it's just a great white. Or like caught for like an, I don't know, aquarium or, I don't know. No, no. He would, he, he apparently would spear them, but like he'd been known to like chuck a spear one-handed at them. And he would tie it onto a rope, just like in the movie. First of all, that's pretty badass to begin with. It's pretty badass. And he would, like, have these barrels to bring them up. And then they would would basically kill them, beat them to death. I don't know what they did. Why, they were out? They would do it in the water, and then they'd pull them out. Pull them out and then kill it? No, they killed them in the water. Okay. I thought you were talking about like he he wrestled them on the deck of the boat, out and that just worked the body. They just okay. worked him over. I just looked it up. Oh, it was man. seven. I, I overestimated. He's not as cool as we thought. It was only seven, seven great white. Stupid only fucking seven. badass. <laughs> only seven. Seven great between white the three sharks. of us, we don't have one <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> so so Peter Benchley actually went out on one of the, these uh, hunts with him. You know, and I, okay. I guess like that's where he got Quint from. So that's the first story. It's kind of loosely based on that guy. Uh, he really wanted to write a character for that guy. The second story involves a, kind of a a really dark period in our history. Mm. Okay, uh, and, and it was in, happened in 1916, and it was like this guy named. Started off with this guy named Charles Van Zant. They called him Van for short. He was a young guy. Not Charles. <laughs> or no, Chuck. Not Chuck. Not just Charles. Van. Just Van. Um, he's 25 years old. He was just getting out of college. He's from Philadelphia. Uh, a lot of people on the eastern seaboard would vacation in the Jersey Shore area. Oh. Okay. So they had vacation there. And that is before, you know, it was all trashy with, with the answer and I've never actually, What's his I've, name? I've never seen that show. You've never seen that show? No. You've seen that Snooky? Uh, Jersey Shore? Jersey Shore. I don't know their name. Mikey, Mikey D? Yeah. Probably. Milky D? I'm Milky Tits. <laughs> Milky Slits. <laughs> Milky, maybe that's where I'm getting from. Mike D? No. I'm just it's repeating just the from his shirt. <laughs> Mike, Mike D from... Uh, I know it's DC not Boys. DJ Jazzy Fresh. As a cheese treat, you don't look at me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't He's not story. catching any of the references no. whatsoever. So anyway, this guy, they they were going on vacation. So he was going to meet up with his dad and his two sisters. And they meet up there, and he asked his sister as soon as they got there, you want to go out and, and go swimming? So they take off swimming, him and his sister, and she's in her early 20s. And uh, he starts swimming out, and she's still on the shore, there's like a dog with them. So it's kind of interesting that in the movie there's that dog scene. I don't know if you remember that with the I do because I thought it was gonna die. Pippin. And I was like, this dog is gonna die. Pippin. Be sad. Pippin. Pippin. <laughs> so so this dog was swimming out with him. So he swims out past the breakers, pretty far, pretty strong swimmer, trying to get this dog swimming with him. Beachgoers start seeing a dark shadow in the water and then see a dorsal fin. And immediately it starts swimming towards him. They're yelling at him, and he doesn't doesn't see them yelling at him. Well, before you know it, he's yelling for this dog to come out, and then he gets pulled underwater. Oh. Comes up screaming, okay? And so, like, after he was out there for a while, screaming and crying and, and everything, they said blood just started gushing up out of it. 
And th- this is actually a, an account from it. He frantically swam for shore, but about 50 yards out, he began thrashing and screaming violently as blood erupted all around the area. Alexander Ott, who at the time was not only a lifeguard, but he was on the Olympic swim team. So it was pretty, pretty badass dude. It's a good guy to have on, on call out there, right? Yes. So he okay. is, a, you know, I mean, imagine that. And he gives you a free subway if he saves you too. It'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, even better. You get that reference, right? Yeah. So uh, he he uh, swims out 50 yards and he begins thrashing and screaming violently. His blood goes all around him. And he pulls him, the ot guy pulls him waist deep into the thing. The shark is still on him. All right. And it said two locals ran in to help the lifeguard. When the shark's undercarriage hit the sand, it let go and swam away. So it did, they didn't get the shark off of him until they were in like Quite shallows. Quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still chomping down on him. Nobody uh, elbow dropped the shark. That's what I would have done. Right on the dorsal fin. Yeah. Let him go, sucker. Give him a stone cold stunner. That's right. That's right. Throw some, some sand in his eyes. <laughs> so they pulled the helpless swimmer to shore only to discover his mutilated body. His sister was the first to see it. She rushed up. And she looked upon her brother's wounds in horror. Ott quickly fashioned a tourniquet from clothing nearby. And Van Zandt's father, who was also a doctor, because they were rich. Well, what did they call him for short? You can't call him Van, right? Dr. Zant. Oh, I don't know. Damn it. I'm making that up. That's good. <laughs> so so he, he came in, and with the help of two other doctors, they quickly whisked this guy away to the Ingleside Hotel, which was a very opulent hotel at the time. They were hoping that there was something that they could do for the young man. His left thigh had been stripped to the bone, and there was another large laceration on his right thigh. It was all in vain, however. The family arrived a little after 5 p.m. for their vacation, and by 6.45, one hour and 45 minutes after they arrived there, he was dead. Good Lord. Worst vacation ever. <laughs> That's, it's insane. It's I mean, a terrible it's vacation. It's absolutely insane. So this rare moment because, was a rare moment because it marked the first time in history somebody had ever died of a shark attack on the East Coast. They died on the West Coast okay. one year earlier. This is the first time they died what on the What was the East year Coast. again? 1916. Do you happen to know, in your notes, do you know how shallow the water was? How far? It's like, it's got to be pretty close to shore, right? If people are Well, if you're past breakers, you're talking probably seven to eight feet at least, because that's when they start breaking on the waves. Gotcha. Okay. Once they pulled him in, they said it touched the shark's belly. So if it was oh, an eight to 10 foot shark, it might be three feet, maybe. Well, in the movie, they said that most shark attacks <coughs> three feet of water. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of an interesting fact, too, because it doesn't seem like very deep. but Right. And, and especially tr- for a huge shark like what was in the movie. Right. And Trent, this is why I go back to this, why I don't go swimming. In pools. This is my most swimming pools. You never know when you something's going to latch better, onto you. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. You know uh, how many people get attacked in pools? I don't know, but you know how many times I'd get attacked? <coughs> in zero. There's <laughs> a first time for everything. Uh, exactly. That's why you stay the fuck out of the pool. You observe from the... From no the, one had been bitten by a shark until 1916. That's true. So. Yeah. So, uh, 1916, is that what we said? So, first yep. shark attack... He's dead within the hour. Worst vacation <laughs> ever. All right, so. What do you do with that, buddy? Do you go back to vacation? Do you just go home? I mean, you got to cancel the trip at that point, right? Do you? I mean, or do you? You cancel the trip for sure. Really? We've already got You've the room You've already paid for the vacation. <laughs> They're rich. They can go anytime you know, they just want. Just don't go back in the water. Just be like, oh, man, he would have wanted us to have this. So are these? Are these uh... <laughs> Which, by the way, we're drinking Mai Tais in honor yes. of... The Pacific Coast. Are the uh, these rich people? Is that kind of what the uh, rich family in the movie was loosely based on, or is that just a coincidence? I think that's a coincidence. Oh, okay. I was reaching. I don't know. Trent. All right. That's worth a try. Trent, you ignorant slut. <laughs> I'm here to learn. <laughs> All right, so the uh, just 45 mi- miles north of Beach Haven sat a little quaint town called Spring Lake, and one of the main attractions of this town was the magnificent Essex and Sussex uh, Sussex Hotel, Sussex. Uh, ENS for short. We're going to call it. 
that's where the even wealthier elites would come here, um, basically for full pampering. I mean, they just oh, went there. They had bellhops the and, and the oh yeah, Zigs. the Sussex. So uh, <laughs> Sussex Trebek. <laughs> That's a twice told joke. <laughs> oh, do we still? If you have only that? knew. I don't know. It was a funny joke. I like it. I like it. Um, anyway, there was this guy. He was 28 years old, named Charles Bruder. He was a bellhop, and back then, they uh, these people really loved during their college years to go to these places because it helped them kind of get their name out and network with the rich, hobnob with the rich. And then make some money, obviously, and get some. Some Some action. You're telling me that a bellhop in the 1916 was just raking in the snatch. That's what you're telling me. I'm telling you the prudish young girls that were probably there in the big long dress swimsuits were there yeah, we're looking at him. I'm a bellhop, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a summer fling. It was, it was probably a little bit like Dirty Dancing. I'm, I'm assuming. Okay, yeah, I'm just assuming. That. That's true. That's that's a good point. Actually, that's kind of what popped in my head. Not to interrupt you, Darren, but at the same time, like, do not go swimming if your name is Charles in the 1960s. <laughs> Second dude, for yeah, sure. What are the odds? Charles. Yeah, Must have been Chuck. a Charles Lindbergh. I mean, that's that a bad one, too. So. Right. Okay, so uh, he was a popular employee with guests as well as other employees. He had heard of the Van Zant attack, but he was skeptic. He was a skeptic mm. um, due to he's been on the West Coast and the sharks there were pretty docile. Much nicer. <laughs> yeah, it was like nurse sharks and stuff. I'm oh, assuming. yeah, much, much more friendly on the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> so on Thursday, July 6th, so we're talking less than five days later from the first attack. Okay. okay. Bruder and a friend, Henry Nolan, set out during their lunch break to kind of cool off. I don't know what trends down. Are you are you in on the <laughs> I'm podcast? Not sure trend? what's happening over here. Pay attention. <laughs> I know I'm it's boring you, but pay attention. Ha- I thought he was having a heart attack. <laughs> he was checking his pulse. <laughs> when his arm curls up, you better give him CPR. He's keeled over to the side. I was trying to aim my chewing away from the microphone, but now I'm just going to go full-blown right in. <laughs> okay, by the way, we are once again drinking Mai Tais in, in honor of Jaws. And enjoying some shark hootery. Charcuterie. Bill Brask. I'm sorry, to Charles. Cra- crackers and cheese and some meats. That's uh, what we're eating. We don't. We couldn't mm-hmm. afford the caviar. So exactly. Did you guys get my shark bun, though? Did you see, did you catch uh, I, yeah, we got it. So anyway, 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 uh, so they saw a bunch of beautiful girls there. Um, his buddy swollen Nolan over there said, Hey, we cannot, we cannot <laughs> hang out with these girls. Cause you know, they've got a strict rule on fraternizing with the actual people that pay us. So they had an employee section of the beach. So he's like, you're right. You're right. So they left that area, went to the employee section. Weren't very many people around. So after swimming for a few moments, Nolan, who was not swollen at this time, he was probably shrunk, mm. he got too cold and came in to towel off. Burr. Burr. <laughs> so Bruder, being a stronger swimmer, was accustomed to the cold. Ah, yes. He swam out past the breakers again. Bad move. Uh, he's about 130 yards from shore. Who the hell swims that far? In 1916, I don't know if I, I, know if I physically couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't either. <laughs> so when he got out there, he started screaming bloody murder. Obviously, not literally though. You can go ahead if you want. He was just screaming bloody, bloody murder. murder, bloody murder. <laughs> because he was out so far, or because? Well, you'll see here in a second. So oh, a yeah, woman maybe, saw him off in just, the distance. I thought he got to like the 130 mark, and then it was just like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> no, he was a strong swimmer, so. So this woman on shore saw him out there, didn't know what it was, went and told a lifeguard really quick because she thought it was a red canoe overturned with somebody beside it. Really? Oh, God. Because of the blood? Because of the blood. Oh, God. Was this shark staff, by the way? Because if not, he had no business in those waters. <laughs> that, was the, that was the staff section of the beach, sir. So it, it uh, got the attention of two lifeguards, George White and Chris Anderson. Neither man remembered a canoe going out into the water. So they quickly realized the shape was an immense amount of blood surrounding a distressed swimmer. I, on one hand, I would have been like, 
maybe save them, but you see a big thing of water, would you guys run out? Right away? Hell no. I don't even know I if mean, I can physically make it that far. <laughs> but if, you're a, if you're a lifeguard, oh, though. Oh, if I'm in shape, got you. Yeah. Um, I mean, was he was he moving at this point? Because, I mean, if there's no movement, then you got to think, no. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. So you're saying if it was Darren or I in a, in a body of water, an ocean, so to say, you see us, we're, we're, we're screaming, we're waving, a red canoe, so to say, comes up. You're not coming to check on us because you're like, eh, he ain't screaming no more. Well, that's my that was my question. If you were still alive and moving, then yeah, you would have to think about it. But if you're not, then but it's you could have like, passed out gonna... from the pain, right? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and you ain't. I'll be honest over. with you. I would. I would. You know, I've seen Jaws between that and this episode, so I would probably be scared shitless. I, I don't know if I would swim but out. Hadn't you have seen Jaws would in 1916? Maybe. As a maybe. Maybe because your job people, is literally in the title to guard life. We've we've already established they didn't really believe shark attacks happened. Yeah, see, exactly. right. That'd so, be more okay. of a reason to swim. I got out. you. I'd swim out. Uh, they got into a rescue boat though, and they paddled out. So they That's paddled out furiously, and beachgoers witnessed the horror of a man being flung into the air. So this is a large shark flinging a 28 year old man up in the air. Jesus. When he went up in the air, blood spurted out of a shredded stump where a leg used to be. Oh, God. So they saw this guy flying in the air, blood flying, probably rainbow rooster telling, right? Mm. And he lands back in the water. The shark lunges in his direction again and tears off a foot. Now, this is the account. How did they see underwater him getting his foot torn off? I don't understand that part of the story. But There's some trouble afoot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Tell me to look in your eyes. You're like, please, God, don't say it. Trouble afoot. Trouble afoot. First of all, the shark had no right being in those waters to begin with. It was staff. We've established this. This is definitely an employee-only section. Yeah, it's just the shark wearing a bow tie. <laughs> I mean, it could have been, it could have been, you know, a, a any any kind of section. But it was employee only. Yeah. Where they thought they were safe because they're just like, no shark's going to come over here. They're now, no, to they're be honest, employees. the employee section, they probably didn't put like the little wire uh, mesh around because they did that at some beaches already. So, doubt if they did there. All right. So, getting back, stumpy leg. So stumpy foot, leg. <laughs> foot is gone. <laughs> he landed back in the water. Foot's gone. When the lifeguards reached him, he was almost dead and pale white, blood all over him, bobbing in the water. He could barely hold his head up. They grabbed him and easily pulled him in because he'd lost, obviously, a leg, right? And maybe more. Uh, he managed to look up and, and yell, a shark bit me, bit my legs off. They picked him out of the water with ease due to his legs being mostly gone. Moments after they picked him out of the water, Charles Bruder was dead. He died almost instantly when they got him out into the boat, bled out. So obviously, it's just arteries just flowing the blood yeah. out, right? Uh, Mona Childs, which was a switchboard operator at the ENS, demanded every operator along the coast warn the hotels to get out of the water. Because, I mean, it's just, you've been to the East Coast. Back then, it was the same. Just hotel, hotel, all the way down, right? So she was calling all of them. And during this time, local physicians, Dr. Cornell and Dr. Trout, arrived to attend not to the victim because they realized he was already dead when they got there. <laughs> they were checking all the shark. No. <laughs> they're, okay. they're, they were carrying him out. This is the employee oh, section. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here. Get that foot out of your mouth. No, they uh, they were attending to the to the beachgoers because some of them had fainted in shock, and they were puking all over the beach. Oh, that makes it. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Imagine yeah. that scene right yeah, there. You know, you're seeing be. that, and people are in these long dress swimsuits and Victorian looking, and like just start freaking out. You know, covering the bush, <laughs> covering the old bushel. Yeah, I, I, if if I was a and and. An on-goer, an on-seer. I don't know if that's terminology, but if I was... On-looker? An on-looker, that's what it is. <laughs> if, I was, if I was on-looking, um, I'd probably be thrown up, too. Probably all over you, Trent. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I'm not sure why we're at the beach together, but yeah. Why wouldn't we be? 
It's a family vacation. We're family, right? You guys would be bellhops. Yeah. 1916. We're studding it up. Let's go for a cruise in the so, ocean. So so these two uh these two doctors started examining the body later, and they realized that his right leg was completely severed through the skin the shin, uh, leaving muscle and bloody tatter. Uh, so it was like it just basically pulled it like a chicken bone off the bone. Right. Right. A large chunk had been torn from his left thigh and an apple-sized gouge in his right side of his abdomen. That big out of... And I don't know how it just got that. Maybe a tooth got caught well, and just and ripped it out. Well, that's what I was thinking. You would think it would be bigger yeah. but at the same time. But, I mean, their teeth kind of... You know how shark's teeth angle, have the yeah. rows and the angles. Right. So, his death was definitely, definitely the cause of circulatory shock and blood loss due to severing of multiple artery, arteries in the leg. Uh, just like that, America was thrust into a shark attack panic. Second shark attack in less than four days. Five days. All right. Of a man named Charles. <coughs> what are the odds? What are the odds it was the same shark like Jaws? That's a good point, too. Like well, we're talking about the same area, right? We're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Did I did I bury the lead a little bit? He already cracked the case. You already cracked the case. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. It's it's uh it's debatable. You want that shark behind bars, don't you? <laughs> I want justice. I know for a fact he wasn't an employee. Bring him in. So Saturday, July eighth, which is two days later, is that correct? July sixth? Yes. Yes, July eighth. So July 8th, a group of scientists from the American Museum of Natural History in New York City came down and assured the public that the likelihood of being attacked and killed by a shark was extremely low. So here's total opposite than the movie Jaws. They called these people in, but they probably called them in and they just immediately said, well, shark attacks aren't really happening. Right. We don't see it very often. Right. And so they said it was extremely low. However, they also admitted upon questioning that what was happening took them by surprise. Well, wait a minute. Sounds familiar, right? Did yeah. they not look at the bodies like they did in the movie? Couldn't they tell from... But they knew there was a shark attack. The The problem is they're saying the likelihood of it continuing to happen. Oh, okay. They, they were brought the in the way... Of, of, of gotcha. happening more than twice. The way I say, see it, the first hotel... Once were really, really slim to begin with, it sounds like... Yeah. I got you. Okay. So the so the first hotel, they didn't bring anybody in. They couldn't believe it. The second hotel is the ENS. It's the oh, Essex and Sussex. Well, there's no here. Yeah, there's no yeah. So 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 they brought it's in the big boys and they were like let's tell people <laughs> this is what I think. They they were like, let's tell people everything's okay. Let's not panic them because then they that ruins everything for the summer. Right. The, you don't want to ruin it. Millions or whatever back then. Right. Thousands of dollars, you know, <laughs> they're thousandaires back then. So, uh, so it sounds pretty familiar. So fast forward, Mata one, New Jersey is more of a regular ham and egg type town, right? Just a little all American town. Uh, it's not as savvy as its tourism neighbors that had all the rich people, um, that were on the coast, but it was located 20 miles North of spring Lake, which is the first place or the second place. Uh, it sat technically on Mattawan Creek, okay? And that was a tidal river ru running from two different lakes to the Atlantic Ocean. So you had freshwater lakes, the ocean, and a tidal basin river running between the two from low-lying areas, okay. which would be saltwater and freshwater. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's where it creates the confusion on what type of shark this is here in a minute. All right? Uh, on July 12, 1916, a hot and sticky summer day, townspeople had heard of the attack, but nobody really thought a shark would come to these waters once again because it's a tidal basin, mostly fresh water. Right. All right. So some boys from the town were playing in one of their favorite spots on this day. At 120, a boat captain was returning from fishing in the morning on his boat with his crew. Uh they were going past a trolley bridge in the beginning of the town, and they noticed a dark gray shape moving upstream into the tidal basin, right? The tidal river. Uh, he turned to his crew, and he could tell right away that there was a shark there because just the expression of what the fuck? There's a what is that? Is that a shark? Are we seeing a shark? You know, so it's kind of like he had to do something immediately. So he yeah. goes to this bridge. Tries to get the person that runs the bridge, the little toll, toll bridge guy, 
to use his phone so he could warn people. The guy didn't believe him and wouldn't let him use the fucking phone. Really? <laughs> Which is crazy at this point. In these waters? <laughs> so it's, it's amazing so to me. These people like... Two people have been bitten in half just up the coast in the last five days, and they're like, what? Can't be a shark. So they ridiculed him. This there's guy no, ridiculed there's him. There's no shark on staff around here, boy <laughs> What even is a shark? That sounds made up. Shark. So the captain didn't give up. He hopped in a motorboat. So this is a captain of a big boat. Hopped in a motorboat to get down the river faster. And is going down the river, speeding down the river, warning swimmers because they have docks. You know, I picture it kind of like down in like Louisiana where they have those little docks in the basins everywhere. Said docks everywhere. He was warning swimmers and bathers to get out of the water. Right. So he's just running along, telling everybody he could. Uh, He finally gets to Main Street of the town, docks his boat, runs up into the town, starts telling everybody about it, telling them to get people out of the water. They don't believe him either. They think this dude's crazy. I'm thinking he's got a freaking badge. Probably if he wore his hat, maybe they'd believe me. I don't know. The hat. Maybe he didn't have the changed. hat. He would have been a game changer. Yeah. I if think you're so. Not wearing a hat, this man's no captain. Where's his hat? <laughs> <laughs> but in a horrifying coincidence, this captain passed a, a Wyckoff dock. It's called Wyckoff. 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 Wyckoff or Wyckoff? Wait a minute. I heard Wyckoff. <laughs> I say Wyckoff. Some people might whack off. I don't know. Yeah, to me, well, I'm hearing two different things. I'm hearing whack off and whack off. Like, whack off. And he so, wait, like, the guys that whack off. have the girlfriends go up to, like, make out point, and then the guys without any girlfriends go to whack, whack off. Whack off. Uh, you know whack what? off now. This is actually starting to make a lot of sense. <laughs> so, mere seconds before a group of young kids, like yes. young males, about 11 to 12 years old, there's four of them, go to this dock every day at the same time and swim, right? They get out, go swimming. Uh, so he'd already passed that dock. Nobody was on that dock. So after he passed, yelling shark, they come up, right? Uh, there was Lester Stilwell, Albert O'Hara, Johnny Carton, and Anthony Bublin. Oh. Bublin? Bublin. He's about ready to be bubbling. Oh, <laughs> poor Anthony. Maybe that's a maybe that's a teaser that I didn't mean to say. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. Cat's out of the bag. So he, they the came water. to swim every day. Now here's an interesting fact: the boys stripped down to nothing and entered the water around two p.m. Why do you have to strip down to nothing? <laughs> it was a different time back then. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Now remember these. This is the poor area. This is not the Sussex. Well, yeah, but still, he had clothes to begin with. He wasn't that fucking poor. Well, maybe they had only one set of clothes and they couldn't get them wet or dirty. And oh their moms were like, God. we're not buying you swimsuits, boys. But isn't it going to get soaked? Like, even if you get in completely soaking wet, you get back out. You don't have Have you never went off. skinny dipping? No, I've never been skinny. I've been dipping. <laughs> I've been skinny dipping, but it was usually with girls and guys. It wasn't like just me and my boys. <laughs> oh, I'd only go skinny. Would you go skinny dip with me and Trent, though? Oh, of course. Oh, okay. Trent? You guys are the skinny. I'm the dip. Because <laughs> I'm not skinny at all. <laughs> Somebody actually asked me. Are we putting, are we putting pictures on our website once we make it? Oh, yeah. People need a visual. People need a like, visual of this joke. Like why I'm not getting in a fucking body of water naked. I want to scare the fish. <laughs> This fish committing oh, wow. suicide by flopping up on land. I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Albert. Albert was in the shallowest part of the water when he felt a coarse object rub against his leg. Oh my god. He's with his boys, right? <laughs> He's still skinny dipping with his boys. We're still at whack off dock. They're at whack off dock. Anthony's that skinny you? dipping in the middle of the day. And something coarse rubs against his leg. He looked down upon the tail of what he thought was an enormous fish. Johnny supposedly thought that it was an old wooden board on the surface, and Lester Stillwell called out, "Hey, fellas, watch me float!" and started flashing around, flap, flapping around, well, laughing. He was flashing around. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's flapping around, 
Which is the worst thing to do in, in water that could have a Why shark in it. They didn't be like, know. hey, boys, watch me flail. <laughs> he said, watch me float. So I, th- I think it maybe was a joke. Like, yeah, he wasn't floating. He was just, like, goofing off. That's flailing, though. Yeah. So suddenly a dors- dorsal fin appeared on the shape they thought was a door ah, sitting there. a door. They thought it was, like, a wooden door, like a gray wooden door just, like, floating yeah, over in the water. Nobody questioned that, huh? So it, it comes over towards him, started heading right towards Lester. There's some quick splashing and a scream. Lester's body flung around with violence. After a moment, the brown water turned crimson. Suddenly, Lester disappeared under the water. The boys ran out of the water and fled to the town screaming. Naked. But naked. Yeah, people are going to definitely take you seriously. They're yeah. probably flailing through the streets. Oh, they were helicoptering and everything. Oh, I yeah. guarantee He's it. over there. <laughs> <laughs> what, was the, what was the guy's name that drowned? Or drowned? Lester. Attacked by Lester? Lester's the one that got pulled under. Oh, man. Yeah, so that's why I like I said I, I said the wrong guy's name a while ago. But oh, okay. Yeah, what was my a good bad. segue? The bubbling, hey, the bubbling guy, yeah. He, he's, he's flapping in the wind right now. He's... <laughs> So they ran out of the water, screaming to town. They passed a dry cleaner where 24-year-old, 24-year-olds Mary Anderson and her boyfriend Stanley Fisher were working. The two ran outside and heard the terrified boys' pleas for help, and they remembered the captain coming into town warning of a shark. So that was less than a... Uh, you know, small amount of time. They remembered that captain, and they remembered that Lester which everybody in the town is a small town. Lester had epilepsy. So the boy, which was Stanley knew the family knew he had epilepsy. So he was freaking out thinking this boy might've had something wrong with him. And that's why he went under and these kids panicked thinking something was wrong. She was thinking shark. So he was like, let's go find out what's going on. So right. they take off running with these naked boys down to the dock. Not unusual at the time. I'm Not sure. at all. I'm sure it happened every day. You do that all the time, don't you? <laughs> take off running naked with the boys. <laughs> so Stanley along the way grabbed two other guys. One's name is Red Burlew and the other one's name is Arthur Smith to help out. The three raced to the dock and saw the red water kind of dissipating. Uh, it had been less than a half an hour. So... Since the first attack, okay. them getting them, them running back, it was less than a half an hour, they said. Okay, gotcha. Probably gone, though. So they're thinking in their mind they're going to find a dead corpse. Well, yeah, All half right? an hour is gone by. Definitely. So they decided to take a rowboat out to the area anyway. So apparently there were just like random rowboats next to these docks all the time because they're just finding motorboats, rowboats. They just jump in them. They take off. I don't know that's how that's pretty this sweet, happens. though. But that's kind of cool. That's I cool. like that. It's very uh, like Victorian crazy. Right. Guys want a rowboat, just jump in. Just take some laudanum, just take off, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, they they have these long poles, and they're probing the water, trying to find this body. Can't find anything. So with many of the town now on the edge of the water, looking, looking at what they're doing, you know, because all the commotion, uh, they decide to get into the water. Soon after, Arthur felt something scrape his abdomen. Hmm. Coincidence? Uh, and he noticed he was now bleeding because it scraped him so hard that it cut him open. Um, so he immediately got out of the water, but Stanley saw Lester's distraught parents on the banks. They had already got there, right? They were on the bank, so he felt pretty guilty. He didn't want to get out of the water. So he went for one more swim under the water to find this boy. I'll do one more. I'll, I'll Bad do news. one more die. <laughs> After already feeling something. No, the other guy felt said he felt something, oh. but Stanley didn't. But he should have got out of the water because it was all <laughs> freaking jumping on the top of the water. Oh, and pulling gee, it. I guess I'll go look one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he uh, swims under the water this time. He finds the little boy's body under what he thought was a log. Once again, spoiler alert. These dudes are either not seeing things. We see one woman seeing a canoe, red canoe. We see two boys seeing a, well, a be, door. To be fair, I mean, when you're underwater, it's murky. Well, it's not like you see very well without goggles. You know? Yeah, I'll give you that. But at the same time, like a captain yelling like shark, you know. Well, yeah. and this is what the two. You said two days after the second shark attack. 
Yes. So, I mean, there's already been two in the last few days. So, yeah. I mean, And then your boy just got attacked. Yeah, he should have known. While he was flailing in the water, naked, to begin with. <laughs> so, uh, something happens. You see Crimson. You, you flee. Half an hour passes right by the time they get back. It's been roughly about half an hour. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah. So, you come back, and then the you somebody, like, I, I'm just, they don't, they just don't seem very bright. No. And again, like, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but at the same time, like, I can put two and two together. Like, you see this, all these clues are adding up. You see this log, log, as you say. And no, like you said, everybody's just a door, a log. <laughs> what the hell? That's two different sizes, It doesn't sizes, make sense. Right? I, I almost wonder if, like, some of this stuff's exaggerated for the newspapers when they tell right. the stories. Is that a six panel over there? I would think the crimson alone would be enough to be, like, if you're in the right, water and you see away. red, like... Don't get in the water. Granted, oh, damn, like you that said, door really got that guy. We have the benefit of, like living today and having seen movies like Jaws, but like, I don't know. I feel like if you see red floating around yeah, in the water, yeah. you should be and thinking I'll, like, okay, <laughs> this is probably blood. Yeah, and 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 I get that, uh, well, especially since they're in this murky, like, what, so what's the tech, like, is this more of like being in a creek? It's a like river, a river. river? It's, like a, okay. it's like a slow mo- moving river, so it's like where a so lake, it's gonna be brown a lake drains into the ocean or the ocean comes back and drains like during the tides back gotcha. into the lakes. Gotcha. So, yeah. So he he got this uh got this boy. He went and grabbed it, pulled it up, started walking with it and immediately had searing pain shoot into his leg from what he said was like a dagger of teeth, okay? He got me, he yelled. <laughs> so everybody on the bank heard him yell, "He got me." So obviously he knew something was down there, right? You good fucker. <laughs> <laughs> The young man fought for his life against the hidden predator as people watched in horror. So nobody else decided to become a hero at this point. And they were all like, fuck you that. okay? Just yelling from the shore safely. Keep you swimming, okay? bro. Keep okay? it up. You're doing great. So so uh, twice he was pulled under the murky surface. Each time he reemerged fighting. A deputy sheriff finally joined in the fight by running in with an oar and striking the shark because he could see the shark coming up with him. So he's hit, trying to hit it with an oar. Soon the shark gave up and swam out of sight. A motorboat quickly pulled up and Stanley and pulled Stanley onto it and they brought him to the bank. As he lay on the dock, a Dr. Reynolds, there's doctors everywhere in this, these towns. I don't know if yeah, you well, know that. Yeah, wouldn't there be? They They're just hang out there. on the shore. They just hang out. Uh, so he observed a gaping 18-inch gash in his right thigh with about 10 pounds of flesh missing. God. It also had some other bites. Inches, that's like, that's yeah. almost your whole thigh. That's your whole thigh, pretty much. <laughs> and 10 pounds of flesh. That's pretty, pretty, pretty significant, I would it's say. weird how quickly you know how 18 inches was on the thigh. Over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. He measures right. it by threes. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Anyway, but I'm <laughs> sorry. Is there a like Rick Flair just coming to your house? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> okay, so this guy applied a tourniquet and they moved the young man to await and get this, this in the story, to await a train to pick him up to take him to the hospital, which was 20 <laughs> some miles away, instead of a car, because they didn't think. He was good, like well enough to ride in a car. Now I'm thinking, what the fuck? But if you gotta remember back then, this is 1916. These are those old crank little bitty cars with little skinny tires, and it was probably no roads there, so it was bumpy as hell. Yeah, but so a train apparently. So they take this dude to the train station, but bleeding. Just sitting there. Exactly on the best routes to begin with. You would think it would take longer. Get him in the car. Are you mad? Wait for the train. Oh my gosh. So half a mile away from the Wyckoff Dock, preteen brothers Michael and Joseph Dunn of New York City were playing with their 16 year old friend Jerry Hurinen. From Matawan, which is that same town, little town. So they were out of out of city, out of the city. Thirty minutes had elapsed since the attacks on Stillwell and Fisher. Gotcha. In the distance, the boys could hear someone shouting warnings, but they can only make out Shark. This is the captain again, right? This captain's kind of a kind of an unsung hero in this story. Like he's been doing this shit for Nobody a while. People would listen to him. Nobody listened to the poor guy. He should have wore the hat, man. <laughs> 
So, <laughs> how many lives would have been saved? Jerry and Michael climbed the ladder to the dock and turned to see Joseph's head bob up and down in the water about 10 feet away. Uh, okay, so blood exploded around him and he started screaming. The boys created a human chain by linking arms, grabbing at the brother. Now, these two little, like a 12-year-old and a 16-year-old, had more balls than the entire town for right. the other dude. I mean, that's funny. So they're linking chains, linking arms, trying to get this guy out, and this poor little kid, and they wrestled, they actually wrestled Joseph away from the shark. These two kids. Fortunately, a man from a local factory and a fisherman who was down the road jumped in and helped the three make it to the ladders, hearing the commotion and running to the scene. Uh, the captain appeared out of nowhere. Oh, boy. He was in the boat, and he got the boy quickly into the boat and back to the Wyckoff dock down the stream, right? So he went back to where that doctor was at with the other dude. When they arrived, another physician, Dr. Cooley this time. Dr. Cool. <laughs> Cooley. Cooley. Determined the boy's injuries were less severe than that of Stanley's and decided that he could be transported by car instead uh, of train. Yes. They got him to a hospital 20 miles away. When he arrived, a reporter asked him, how did it feel to be bitten by the Jersey man-eater? So there was a reporter already, they were already hearing about this story and they met him at the at the place and was asking questions as he's going in apparently. And that was like totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> he replied, I was about 10 feet away from the ladder, looked down to see something dark. Suddenly I felt a tug, like a big pair of scissors pulling at my leg and brought me under. I felt as if my leg had gone. I believe it would have swallowed me whole. So the dro doctors treated him for the several lacerations in his, in his calf muscle and ankle. He would live. However. So it just bit on the bottom of his leg. While he was trying to get out. Uh, back in Madawin, however, <laughs> Stanley Fisher finally was able to catch a train that took him to the hospital. Oh, thank God the train got there. Thank time. God that train. He entered the, the operating room at 5.30 p.m., but sadly passed away at 6.30. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> How'd he get on the train? Did the, did the fucking boxcar hobos pull him on? Oh we got it from God. here, kid. <laughs> Now, this is where I think some of these stories and accounts are bullshit. Uh, before he died, he said, Doc, I found the boy on the bottom. I got him away from the shark. Anyhow, I did my duty. <laughs> it's time to go, Doc. <laughs> Win one for the kipper. <laughs> Shoo. That poor dude got... I'll be leaving now. He got freaking ripped off, man. All he had to do was take a car ride. He probably would have survived. Car, are you a madman? Get him on the train. Him, I just picture him like sitting at the train station, bleeding out. He looks over and he sees the other kid drive by on a car. And he's like, <laughs> what the fuck? Why couldn't I go in the car? So that's what I'm saying. So anytime I've ever been in a car and I've been in a train situation where I have to sit and wait for the train, it, it takes a minute because, as you guys know, railroad tracks only go in certain directions, okay? Yes. So you tell me the... This train went by the hospital? Where they just dumped him out? I don't know if it like went right by. I have no yes, idea. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, they just like they throw him on the on the boxcar and they're like, We'll meet you there and we'll get you off and drive you the rest of the way to the hospital. <laughs> they drive there and they're and waiting, waiting for like for a half an hour. Minutes. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> so later on July 14th, Lester Stillwell's body finally came to the surface. The original little boy with the four boys naked, right? Uh, a medical examiner noted the boy's left ankle was chewed completely off. His his left side was mangled from hip to knee, mm. and his left abdomen region was ruptured, and all of his intestines were herniated and torn open. So all of his intestines, and they were all mashed up. His innards were outered. Exactly. They were nearly all torn out. The Jesus. right hip, right chest muscle, left shoulder, as well as self, several fleshy areas of the body were all eaten away, and the flesh between his right hip and thigh were mangled beyond repair. So pretty much it chewed on this boy like it was eating him. Oh, my God. His face, however, remained untouched. Well, thank, thank God. So it didn't bite any part of his head. So that's crazy. That same morning, 45-year-old Michael Schleiser and John Murphy set out by boat in Raritan Bay. Later in the day, there was an already massive shark attack or shark hunt by locals angry about the events of the week and the day. Uh, 
Crowds of people were said to be lobbing dynamite and shooting rifles into the water to kill large fish they thought was a shark. So this is almost like that scene where they go out in the boats and they just start friggin' throwing dynamite. I, right. I guess that's referencing that. Uh, don't know what they're doing. So they go out to see this and they, they decide they're going to throw out their fishing nets, see if they could catch anything. And they, they thought, well, if we catch some fish, we could take them home for dinner, right? Um, before long, their boats suddenly started lurching and it stalled the engine. The two looked at the net and saw a black fin in it. They'd caught a shark, or more accurately, it caught them. It started pulling them around a bit in the boat, picking up a broken oar. It got entangled more. Picking up a broken oar, Schleiser hit the shark in the head, nose, gills, in an unrelenting barrage of blows, is the way he describes it. Uh, yes, <laughs> don't <laughs> relent. He's <laughs> just banging away, you know, like, Bam, bam, style. Yeah. So uh, he he uh, is hitting it. The shark thus entangled itself further while the man rained down blows. He eventually beat the life out of the shark. Oh, my God. This is friggin' caveman, this Schlesinger. Right. So he just beat him to death. He flagged down a larger boat to help tow the creature to shore. It was a large, muscular shark not known for anywhere in the area. They didn't ever see this type of shark in the waters. So they thought this might be the shark. He's a large muscular shark and a lot of king shark from Suicide Squad. <laughs> so on the shore, on the shore immediately, Schleiser, I got, I've said his name like five times now. I don't know. What was his name? Schlesinger. Schleiser. Ah. Schleiser. I'll, I'll spell it. S-C-H-L-E-I-S-S-E-R. Schleiser? 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 Sure. That's a good That's, guess. We'll go for it. So he took a sharp knife that he had, a, a fishing knife, and opened it up in front of all the onlookers. So he opened its belly up, started removing organs until he came to the stomach, opened the stomach up, revealing about 15 pounds of flesh and bone. No shit. The two physicians identified the remains as human. He took the shark back to New York City for taxidermy. So this dude, like, shipped this shark he just killed back to New York City <laughs> to get taxidermied and meld the stomach contents to the Brooklyn Museum for study. They confirmed that it was a left radius and ulna, a group of anterior left ribs, and they were all human. A Dr. Nichols identified the shark as a young Carcharidon carcarius, which is what they he says in the movie. Right. It was right. a great white. So it was a young great white. It is debatable whether this is the actual shark that killed the pe four people and wounded the fifth, but it's speculated that it that it wasn't this great white. Uh, if it wasn't this great white, it could have been an aggressive bull shark that they just did not catch. Right. Now, what are the odds, though, if it wasn't that shark, it, it had, like, human remains in it? Yeah, I mean, yeah the odds are very small. But it could have been multiple sharks for the multiple attacks. We don't know because... You remember the beginning of the story, there were sailors that said they saw large sharks on the coast. Large sharks. They didn't say one shark. Right. So it could have been more than one shark for all of this attack, but most sharks aren't man-eaters, but bull sharks are. Bull sharks have been known to eat men more than great whites do. So it's, I don't okay. know. Uh, the young boy eventually recovered with scars and a terrifying story, but the lasting effects upon the general public on uh, about sharks would never be the same. So it's, it's kind of how that's part of the story. Ends. Okay, gotcha. So due to time constraints, we're going to stop right there. We're trying to keep these episodes under an hour. So we're going to have a Jaws Part 2 next week where we talk about the USS Indianapolis story as well as Steven Spielberg's actual film Jaws, award-winning film, big blockbuster film. You know what's up. So we will be back. Um, this is the Horror You Know podcast. Make sure you follow us on all socials, Instagram, uh, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, uh, you could probably snap me personally. Um, and we also have email. It's a Gmail account, horror, you know, at gmail.com. Um, I'm Darren, that's Ian and that's Trent. They're just giving us nods cause they're over there eating a bunch of food. So we will see you next week. Stay spooky guys. So now is the time.
time to let all our 